Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome back to another edition of the show. It is May 24, 2023, and this is episode 383. And I'm pumped for today's guest. He's going to be wrestling a Final X at 61 kilos. He's a national champion for Cornell, all-around good guy, Neshan Garrett. Neshan, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing amazing. Back on the Bader show. I'm happy. 398, you said, or 389? 383. 383, my 383. goodness, shows. Yeah, uh, yeah I feel like you were on early on. Um, yeah, real early on, for sure. Yeah, yeah it was like a pandemic-inspired kind of start <laughs> to it. But here we are, three years later, chill, still charging. Um, so congrats on you know, your, your big win over this weekend. Uh, really looked, looked freaking amazing, and I, I want to get to that. Um, and I want to watch the finals match and kind of talk to some, some of the rest of it. But I want to start at like 2018, right? So you... You, you, this is going to be your second final. It's 2018. You go out, you wrestle Joe Cologne. You win a three-match series. It was really exciting. I think maybe you, hit, you teched him at the end or something. But uh, And then you're getting ready to go to Worlds, and then you know the rug gets pulled. Kind of catch, catch people up to speed on what happened that summer. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I, was, so I made the, the team, won the final X, um, was preparing, went to Turkey, uh, yeah, Istanbul, uh, wrestled there was getting ready in um august uh, we had just come back from where was that uh, we were in california at the military base down there in california oh, the yeah. training camp just gotten back to arizona and then two weeks before the world championships maybe a week before we were supposed to or maybe it was a three weeks a week before we were supposed to go to the acclimation camp um i got in a just a, a normal regular position that i normally get in and tore my pectoralis major tendon right off the bone. Um, and yeah, and it was like, what the heck is going on? And so from that point, um, do you want me to kind of go into the, the yeah. next few years or do? Go for uh, it, man. Roll wherever you want. Yeah. So from that point, it was like time just fast track. It was like I got the surgery. Nine months later, it was like, do I wrestle at trials in 2019? I didn't wrestle at trials. I was emaciated. I was skinny. I was thin. I didn't have the 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 training uh, didn't have the time to do so. 2019 of August of 2019, I ended up moving from uh, Arizona to New York. Uh, got there in September. Was training at Cornell, and then 19 to 20. Obviously, the pandemic happened. Uh, Olympics gets canceled, and then um, from that point, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing up here in New York, and um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So. 
from there, moved down to Tennessee, was in Tennessee for two and a half years, uh, ran a, a kids club, a kids and high school club, and um, tried to train, uh, trained with my high school kids, uh, did the Olympic trials. And then um, after about that, um, I lived in Tennessee and I would go up to uh, SCRTC to train every now and then. Um, mm -hmm. But I didn't, uh, I think people thought I was living in Blacksburg or Christianburg, wherever that is. I, I never lived there. It was two and a half hours away from me. I would drive two and a half hours there, stay for one or two practices, drive back and to to my house and then go back up there. So I lived in Tennessee though. And so my training situation was was hard. It was difficult. I had to do it by myself a, a lot of times. Uh, and then after that, I went, um, my wife um, got a job in at Clemson in South Carolina. We moved there. And then from that point, it was like, what do I do? It was like, I want to go back and I want to train again. So the opportunity for Lehigh opened up. It was not first on my list at all i was not looking to go to bethlehem pennsylvania of all places <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> i found a way um you know to make it work and it has a soft spot in my heart now the uh, lbwc has been incredible to me it's been one of the best training environments i've ever been in under the um, amazing guidance and leadership of carrie mccoy uh, pat santoro and um and all those other guys who are uh participating in and uh, helping us get better at wrestling and be better people. Yeah. And so that's that's how I got here. That's a yeah, that's a big journey. I knew you'd been all around. I guess I didn't even know about the Clemson stop. Uh and so really the, when you you go from Tennessee where the training's like not ideal, right? It's like taking care of yourself in two and a half hours to to go train. Then you were in Clemson, were you training at all? Did you think you were like done or retired or what was like the thought there? Yeah, it was for sure like, I don't know if I'm done. I don't know if I'm retired. It was kind of like this um, ambiguous transitional point where I'm like, I am suspended in space, not knowing what to do. And um, and so I was like, am I going to, I think the big thing also too was, am I going to make the sacrifice uh, and leave my wife um, to, you know, go stay somewhere else? Because before it was like we were together, you know, we we had been living together for for two years. Um, got married in 2020, and so um, you know, am I gonna leave her and now go to pursue my dreams while she is here? And so that was the sacrifice that that needed to be made um, in this timeline in order for me to accomplish my goals and ultimately um, have self mastery and individuality in my own life. So your, that was the decision. So does she still live in Clemson? Yeah, very much so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she's a professor at Clemson, uh, um, yeah, Clemson University. How far is that? How often do you get to see each other? Um, we see each other about maybe once a month. Wow. Yeah. That, that's some sacrifice. Now, how long have you been up at Lehigh training, you know, full-time in, in, in a good environment? Uh, since early September. So I would say I'd say September 1st. Okay. Um, and how long were you in Clemson? You know, not um, training and suspended. I, I, yeah, Wait. suspended for about. Um, I think we got that out there. Then we had just got out there in August twenty something. Um, so oh, about a month or, or not even. Not even a month. Yeah, so I was there. Um, or for yeah, less than a month. Okay. So we had just moved, and it was like we got to make a decision. 
Wow. Okay. Um, and then, you know, so, man, even even from the, the U.S. Open to the World Team Trials, it's like you looked better, right? It's like, wow, he looks, you know, he looked pretty good at the U.S. Open. He looked really good at the World Team Trials. W- you know, how much did you compete before the World, before the Open, right? And how did you feel compared to the Open? Was it like are you, you're a step behind then? Um, yeah, so the whole process has been um, an incredible, incredible journey, um, incredibly difficult in in a lot of ways but there was a lot of bliss and a lot of um self-mastery that came uh through the process um the last five years with the injury um with the uh training situation um with the losses with um just it it took a toll on me mentally um it it um in a lot of ways damaged my I wouldn't I would I was I had a lot of trauma essentially, and um and I know that's a kind of a a bit of a, a trigger word but I I did um because you know you go from being you know at the top at a top level world class to kind of you know um yeah then like losing to people you're not supposed to lose to and then you're, I'm like trying to do my best I'm putting forth my best effort but there's so much fear there's so much doubt there's so much um, like I would put on a singlet in practice and I would um, it's almost like you would look at I don't know if you ever had people like look people look in the mirror and they have um, uh, anorexia or bulimia and they see themselves as something that they're actually not. So that's kind of what it felt like when I would put on a singlet. It was like, I'm I'm no good. I'm like, I'm I'm trash at this. I'm um, I feel weak. I feel emaciated. I'm I'm thin. I'm not I'm not a good wrestler and so i had to deal with all of these um these fears and these worries and these doubts and these stresses and these mental um blocks um that were based upon depravity and powerless and powerlessness and uh survival and um, i had to overcome uh those things through the last nine months um and so it's been a really beautiful journey but as far as competing um i had my first competition uh at the training with the LBWC in New York, which was the Bill Farrell. I wrestled four foreign guys, um, uh, losing to the a, a guy from started from Ukraine, 57 guy, um, in, a, in a close match. And then I went to France, oh, excuse me, and then I went to Beat the Streets event. I wrestled another Ukrainian. Um, and then I went to France and then wrestled um, uh, three matches there, including a match with DeSanto. Back to the you're just getting to the the fear and the worries and the doubt right from the yeah. top of the world in 2018 and Cologne takes your spot and wins a medal I think most people knew that right so it's like that kind of says where you were and then in this when you're you're you know on this descent right and you're, you're how how soon until that happened right until you started thinking I'm not you know having these negative thoughts I'm not a good wrestler and feeling trauma. As you said, right. And it sounds like that was somewhere in there for five years. Was it the whole five years? Was it like, you know, kind of started and then it, and then it got worse. Yeah. I mean, essentially, um, yeah, I I kind of just mentally unconsciously descended into oblivion, like, uh, just like an unawareness of my true self, my true power, who I, who I truly was. Um, and it, um, I found myself, um, kind of living in this apathetical kind of way, um, not really having true purpose, not really having a true mission, a true goal, a true vision for what I wanted my life to look like or what I wanted my life to be. 
Um, it's what I call living in subconscious default, where, um, you know, you're, I'm always looking forward to the next thing because I can never um, sit in the present moment because the present moment is too painful for me to deal with. And I was unconsciously resisting the pain of the fact that um, I had accepted unconsciously certain beliefs about myself that um, kept me in this perpetual cycle of depravity and um, and pain. And so I was like, I was in a lot of pain um, on the inside. And even though I was I was happy, uh, I think there was a general sense of happiness and like I'm content with my life. I was content in such a way that um, I was content in such a way that uh, most of what I I guess just most of what I had was dealt with just wasn't touched. It just, I wouldn't touch it. It was kind of more suppressed. It was just unconsciously suppressed. So when I started kind of awakening to um, some of the things that were inside of me, I started really seeing like, oh, wow, there's a lot that I've been resisting. There's a lot of things that I've been fighting. Um, my mind, I cannot sit with my mind. I cannot get alone and and center myself and sit with my mind because there's too much stuff going on. There's too many beliefs that I have that I'm not willing to accept. And, um, and that was, that was the part that was difficult. So it was, it was very soon after, um, it was very soon after. Absolutely. And it, it continued for about five years until basically the summer of 2000 of last year. In every, everything you just, just just described, how you're maybe suppressing your feelings and, and not being able to center yourself and having trouble with too many thoughts. Like, how did you come to that realization? Everything you just described to me, yeah. right? You're like, man, I'm, this isn't right. Or, you know, I, I need to, I don't know, snap out of this is the right word or, or begin to live and think differently. Yeah. So there's... So there's an inner pool that takes place when we um, see that things go wrong or are not in alignment in our lives. And so um, there's a lot of information out there and a lot of information will say, hey, you should do this. What if you just train harder? What if you just live like this? What if you just do this check? What if you just write down this? And there's all this information out there, um, which might be good information for you, might not be good information for you. But more importantly than information and um, the knowledge that you can get, is the alignment to your your own purpose and your own your own self? What you are supposed to be doing and what are you supposed to be offering to this world? And um, I think that there are certain how I've come to understand there are certain universal laws that when we are in tune with these universal laws, um, uh, we can find peace with ourselves and with uh, creation and with other people. But um, if when we break these laws, it's supposed to reveal to us what's going on. So, for example, um, a lot of people um, have they'll have interactions with people. Someone cuts them off on the road or something weird happens like that. And they think, oh, that guy's just an a-hole. That guy's just a bad person and he needs to check his his check itself. But but what I have found um, through, and has helped me a lot is take learning how to take ultimate responsibility for myself um, and ultimate responsibility for my perception about my world. Okay. Um, we have um, these mental filters, which are based upon the past. Okay. So all of my experiences and everything that I know and believe um, most of it 
this is um, going to be a, a shock to people. Most of what we believe and accept as as truth and fact in our lives is based upon um, uh, something that was put upon us as as children. Um, we were just we just had to accept it under a system of reward and punishment. If you don't accept this belief, if you don't accept this thought, then you will not be rewarded. Or if you uh, if you do accept it, you will be rewarded. And if you don't accept it, you will be punished. And so um, all this to say, my when I started realizing something is off, I am in not in balance, oblivion, uh, the unknown, not knowing um, and, and kind of being subject to the to the whims of fate showed me something is off and I need to align and get corrected. And so that's kind of how my journey started, where I was like, I think I need to start taking responsibility for my life and my perception and stop allowing, um, yeah, my mind to rule my life. Mm -hmm. And in turn, your, your mind is helping you overcome what your mind was challenged by. Yes, my mind is a tool to be used um, by, yeah, essentially that soul, that essence that is inside of me, that non-physical energy that created the universe, um, that God essence inside of me, that power. Um, my mind is a tool to be used and be directed by that essence, not to direct because the mind or the lower mind, the ego bases everything from the past. So when I was, you know, so if you're five years old and you felt like you had to fight in order to survive, and so now when you get in a situation, you're 30 years old and you feel threatened and you need feel like you need to fight, but it's like, no, that's not necessary right now. The mind is going to pull up everything from the past based on those feelings and emotions and that experience, everything from the past. And the lower mind projects itself into the future and it, um, and it, uh, and it's all based upon the past. And so it's never in the now though. And it's all about survival. And so what I want to do is I'm trying to um, live a life of a new paradigm that is not based upon survival of that lower mind, you know, like this animalistic need to survive, need to do this, uh, kind of all driven by my senses. I don't want to live like that. I want to transcend um, those limitations of the physical body. And as I transcend those things, um, I come into a greater awareness of myself, the unity of, and the unity of all things. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. It's funny. Sometimes I watch some of your videos on Instagram, like what the hell is he talking about? Right. <laughs> but, and this is, but, but here it's like make it, you're speaking very much in this similar manner and it makes a lot more sense because there's a lot more context around it. So I, I appreciate this, this point of view and explaining kind of the last five years of your life, which, which, uh, one, we're glad to have you back. Um, okay. So Let's jump back to the U.S. Open, you know, heading into the U.S. Open, you know, considering you just started wrestling the previous summer or started back, right? Did you feel like, I assume 2018 was top form for you, right? If you're saying you had this big lull in between, did you feel like you were back to 2018 form heading into the U.S. Open this year? No. 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 Um, I felt... So see that that's one of the parts, right? Is that like what one of the things that we do is we try to compare ourselves to the past. Okay. Okay. So like yeah. the more I compared myself to the past and like what I was, the more I suffered in practice. 
because I was like, I'm not wrestling like I used to. I was using my hands like this. I was doing this. And the more I held on to that, um, when something did not go right, I was suffering in my in in practice. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was um yeah, I I got down on myself because I have this standard of what I think is the best version of myself, which is actually limiting me from being what I am now. Mm-hmm. You see? And so no, there there was it wasn't a sense of I'm back there. It was I'm here now. And um it's not a comparison of whether or not I'm better or worse. I just am what I am. And um, I'm encouraged to give my best effort um, and to set aside the, the outcome. Um, I have the right to, to only to the effort, but not to the outcome and the fruit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and I guess I am going to ask you to compare, but this is much shorter, right? From the U S open to the world team trust. Cause this is a progressive line or, or, you know, it's really short time you know did you feel like a better wrestler did you feel like a a better version of yourself going into the going into the world team trials this year or have more confidence or however you want to quantify it than you did heading into the u.s open sure yeah um i i absolutely did um the u.s open was a huge challenge for me um physically and mentally um I would say it was more of a physical challenge um, because it, although I had felt that I had done the the proper work, um, it was my first time down at weight in um, over a year. Um, I didn't pre do it or anything like that. I didn't, you know, do it yeah. a week before, two weeks out. It was my first time touching down two days in a row. Um, and then also um, while I think I did a good job weight maintenance and everything else, it was, um, Physically, it felt like, you know, you, you, you do like a, a training cycle for six weeks or something or five weeks. It felt like that third week on that Friday, Matt doing matches after like a hard week. It felt like I was like, man, I have to, I physically cannot do this. Um, I was struggling physically to, to, to get out there. It was very, very, very difficult. Um, I did not really want to do it. But I was like, I have to do this um, because this is about self-mastery and I have to overcome my fear and I have to um, I have to conquer this. And so going into the trials, once I had it was kind of like this a, a spiritual experience. Once I had gotten through the U.S. Open and gotten through, I was very thankful for for how it worked out going to the trials. I was like. Okay, it's not going to be a physical test. It's not going to be a physical test. This one is, I felt much more prepared. Um, this one's going to be a mental test, a, ment- a test of um, knowing, acceptance, belief, uh, mentally. And so, um, yeah, so going into this one, I mean, it was more of a mental test. The other one was more of a physical test, but I felt more prepared for this one. Absolutely. Cool. And um, I had the brackets here. It was you, you kind of ran right through it, right? You teched, you teched Tomasello. I think you teched at the U.S. Open, but then you teched DeSanto, and you you almost teched Dayton Fix. Um, do you ever do so well? You kind of surprise yourself, or is it like, no, I knew this was this was capable. So my 
so <laughs> I look at it in two ways. The first way I look at it is uh, there's an aspect of me that that can not understand how I was able to do what I what I did. And that aspect of me is the, the doubter. And it's the one that was in my mind telling me, how am I going to beat this person? How am I going to beat this person? They're so good positionally. They're so strong. They're so good at this. They're so good at this. How am I going to do this? And um, so there's that person. That, that's, that, that's that mind that's trying to like protect me and keep me surviving. But then there's another aspect of me that um, I listen to. And I write down my, I write down what I want. Um, and in writing down what I want, um, I wrote down everything that, that was, that was going to happen. Um, so I already knew it was going to happen because I had written it down. Um, but my rational mind, that mind that's in survival, could not understand, even though it happened, how did it happen? How was this created? And so, um, it's it's um i knew it was going to happen i saw it was going to happen i accepted and be- believed it was going to happen but um yeah it was it was it was pretty it was pretty beautiful the beautiful experience yeah and uh, i want to pull up that match if we can tyler that's our producer we i think we uh we try to get that here we go the finals versus date and fix we'll just kind of let this one rip you can walk us through it analyze it tell us what you're thinking you play by yeah, so um, I wanted to do um, – I wasn't sure how he was going to, to wrestle. I haven't watched him a whole lot. I know that he's very good and very sound positionally. Um, I He was doing a good job um, with his right hand uh, collar. I think – I don't know. Did that – that looked like – it felt like four to me, but they only gave two for it. But <laughs> and I think um, Zach Ray was almost like, should we? No, you got two. Yeah, points. right. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that he was trying to do was close that distance, right? He was trying to do, he was doing a good job closing the distance. And what I had realized was, um, and something that Zach was trying to tell me was making sure I stayed in the center. Um, one of my big issues and problems, um, and something that I always kind of struggle with is whether or not I can, um, I can just stay in the center and hand fight because I always feel like I have to be moving forward. I always feel like I got to move my feet forward and keep my hands and feet moving. Whereas um, in freestyle, all you need to do is hold the center um, and control the center and make sure that you are, um, yeah, in the center, which is what I'm doing right now. Yeah, staying in the middle. And so, um, you know, my length and my ability and my ability to get to his wrist and i think that that kind of was a little bit of an issue for him and um you know i think he was doing to be honest he he was wrestled really really smart cuz the he did a good job with his spacing um and he did a good job not over wrestling in positions that uh, over wrestling um in the ties or in the positions um also, too, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, there's, that was a nice little shot. Oh, I got a little, little angsty there. Um, in that situation, most people kick away. So I was used to people kicking away and me chasing their hip yeah. down. He went quad pod there, uh, a kind of like a stand-up kind of quad pod situation there. And um, that, that, was, um, that was why I had missed that. But I, I, that was a good, I was a good attack um, and a good attempt there. Yeah. Um, Tyler, you can scrub forward through this too if we've got a little blood break here. Um, 
But yeah, I could tell because your momentum was coming forward, like he was going to shoot forward, and he actually just quad pied back India. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, he was doing a good job, righty caller. Um, and he's just great with pressure forward. Great with pressure forward. Um, I got some little elbow tie there. I'm just trying to clear those hands and um, doing a a good job. Just. There we go, and I found the double leg. Oh man, those doubles yeah. nasty. Catch See, and that I, knee. I th yeah, and I think that that was, I think that that's the kind of stuff that people have to be really aware of. With me, is that I'll, I'll shoot, I'll shoot it from a couple, a couple feet away, um, and I'll be able to drive through. I've, I've gotten much better at driving through on some of those doubles. So if you're standing in front of me and and um, there's any kind of situation, I'm gonna shoot it. Um, and I was I was glad to see that uh, the attempt worked really um, well. And I think um, mentally, I think the one thing that had my mind was um, just give your best effort and your best effort will be rewarded. Yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. I don't know how long this break is here, but we could we could skip forward. If, yeah. So six nothing. Uh, that, mm -hmm. That's huge. That's huge. Just got to yeah. feel great. You're still looking to shoot. Who's that? Yeah, so seven. So I've always I've always had a, a good feel on the edge, um, but it's just I I for a long time I was just so used to not I was so used to people not getting to my legs that I would just kind of throw the kitchen sink i'm like oh i'm not used to guys getting my legs and so i would just bail out and throw myself to my back or like try try a throw that was unnecessary um but kind of learning how to i in the last um kind of wrestling cycle i was letting you know guys get to my my legs and we were practicing a lot of defense there and so um and my partner you know would just keep on shooting at me would keep on shooting so yeah i get hit here because you know i'm, I'm a little i can be a little feisty with my hands. Um, I got to get a little bit better with that because I always think I need to keep my hands again, keep my hands moving, find that distance. Um, but it's it's a it's a balance there. Yeah, there's again that shot yeah. from two three feet away. That's right. There it is. And I feel like even there, I feel like um, uh, I feel like I had a good bite. That like if if I had um, you know, had a little bit more time, I think I probably would have um maybe got him push him out but i think the idea of just like shooting drive 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 is um i think it works well with my skills yeah no clearly <laughs> <laughs> clearly um let me scrub through this break real quick seven one are you thinking tech like at this point did you just think yeah absolutely of course absolutely i was yeah. I, I was thinking it for everybody in the, in the very beginning yeah absolutely sure um, how I was gonna do that, I didn't know. So here, I was like, uh, uncomfortable. But, um, but again, I I've gotten, um, I've always been very good at that where's a position. But it's just I stopped doing it because, um, you know, I, I guys would get in my legs, and and for just two or three years, I never, I just didn't get taken down. I was wrestling high school kids, you know, mm -hmm. um. So again, I, I really like um, what he was doing. He was just doing a, a good job going that collar tie there. Um, and what I needed to do is I sometimes I feel like uh, 
if I just stay in the center and hand fight, I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm going to get hit. Like I still have like a little bit of fear or trauma that like the ref is going to be like, you can't just hold center and, and, and hand fight, <laughs> which is like what, what literally what freestyle is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so used to, um, yeah, I'm so used to a lot of action. So for me, holding center hand fighting is um, makes me feel like I'm going to get in trouble or that I'm going to get a hit in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a... So trying to keep him honest with um, some short fakes, right? <coughs> that was nice. That was a nice attempt. Oh, just like those arms. Yeah, yeah. Extend, extend, extend. Yeah. And to be fair, I did grab a singlet there. Um, and that's really the first time I've ever grabbed a singlet. But like I had my hands on, I had my fingertips on his legs. And I was like, how am I going to, I don't know. It was just, it just, it just kind of came to me. I wasn't trying to be um, a farrier or anything like that, but I did grab a singlet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did, did <laughs> I did. Give him a is that what the challenge is about? That was it. That was what the challenge was about. Yeah. yeah I think right. it was, I think he thought it was, it was supposed to be a, a one pointer, but it ended up only being, um, attention. Got it. A lot of confusion, a little confusion in freestyle sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the interpretation of, of some of these rules can be a little difficult sometimes. No doubt. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the way he's, he's, I like the way he's doing that. Um, you know, and again, great, great, um, great defense there. Um, but I, I just, I didn't feel super, super threatened. I tried to go wizard here again. Great job. Great job. Great job. Um, and I thought I would probably get him maybe with a wizard kick there, but he, he limp armed out of that. And, um, yeah, so now we're back eight to three again. I feel like I'm in control, um, of, of this because, um, the pace, um, the pace was, it was a controlled pace. And, um, it's, I think it's a pace that he wanted to go at. Um, am I, I don't know if I wrestled more into his pace and if, if he wrestled more, um, I think I wrestled more into his pace. If I had to say, I think I would like to have a little bit more action from my side, uh -huh. but, um, yeah. Now I, I've checked that. I don't know if my foot all went all the way out. It looked like it when it was fast, but I don't. You go back real quick, Tyler. We'll take a quick look at that. Yeah, take a look at that. I think my foot was still in. That's good. Huh? Yeah my my toe was uh my toe was still in, but it, it looks like it, it was out. But yeah, I can see that. And at that point, you're not you don't want to challenge, right? Because then a four point it puts him ahead if something happens. Right, exactly. Oh, form putter now, yeah, we exactly we'll put him ahead. Yeah, and if if you challenged and lost, and then you got a point. Right. Otherwise, so at this point, I feel like I'm like pretty safe. Um, yeah. you know, I I feel like um, you know, I feel like I'm doing a a good job, and you know, I didn't again, I didn't realize that I could um, I didn't realize I could just stay there and, and hold position um <laughs> i just didn't realize it to be honest 
Another four. Yeah. Just a solid match. I mean, Dayton's, you know, world class. He's incredible. I mean, I watched, yeah, I've I've seen him. I've watched him. I I was like, I, how am I going to beat him? (laughs) And um, again, it wasn't about beating him. It was about giving my best effort. Um, And that was, that's ultimately kind of what it's all about. Yeah. Giving your best effort. And uh, now we all know, right? June 10th. Uh, final X, you and you and Vito Rugio, right? Both went to Cornell. Um, you, he beat you, I think nine two at the U.S. Open. Tick, I don't think I saw. You know, there's a lot of matches going at the U.S. Open. That's not one that I've seen yet. So just, can you give me the the cliff notes on that match from the U.S. Open, you and Vito? Yeah, yeah. We played cat and mouse. I played into his game. He, um, you know, we we cat and mouse each other for a little bit. Um, you know, kind of danced around. Uh, he got to a, a shot. Um, he got to my leg. I freaked out, tried to, tried to throw him. Definitely was not there. He forward me, got a lace. And then, um, and so then he was up like, I don't know, seven, seven to two. I think he got, um, that. Yeah. And so, and then I, towards the end, I got a, a takedown on him. And so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my best match. And I think the hard, the interesting part about that is like, we, like we trained for, you know, for nine months together, um, going into, into 2020. And, um, so, um, like he, I think, I don't mean to be arrogant about this, but like, I, I don't think he's wrestled my, I think he knows what my best is. I think he's felt my best. Um, and I think he knows he hasn't wrestled my best and I think he's always prepared for my best but I have not shown and been able to express that yet. And so he knows, um, like, I know Vito is very, very good. Um, he's in my opinion, like, like, um, I wouldn't say underrated, but I would say that like for as good as he is, he does not get as much love and, and attention as, as he deserves in my opinion. Sure. Um, but I also believe and know what my skills are. <laughs> and I believe that my skills um, I think, I think I have, I think my skills are, are, are very good. And, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how, uh, his best matches up against my best. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I look, I look through the brackets and like he beat nation on nine, two at the U.S. Open. that's a pretty big spread. But then when you explain it to me, basically it was, it was a, almost a one position match. If you're giving up, I think six, probably. Cool. Four, yeah, and you th- did he take you into a lace right from there? Yep, into a lace too. So, so which seven point match? Go ahead. Yeah, which you know most people he he'll he'll tech with that too. You know, so sure. I'm like, I, you know, I didn't get teched <laughs> by his lace. You know, which yeah. he's, he's he kills people with that. But um, so, so I was I was pretty happy about my my defense there. But yeah, it was it was a one position match. Um, I freaked out. Let him get him. You know, he got on my legs. I freaked out. Didn't defend. Um didn't do any baseline defense. And so for the next next three weeks, we were just like, guys, get to your legs. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. Why should I let him get to my leg? Um, because you have to learn how to get used to guys getting your leg and being used to defend, defending. And so me and Kerry had a back and forth about it, but he ended up winning out. Sure. And and, and I saw him, and I've seen Vito do this before. Uh, and I, he wore kind of outrageous in the finals. It's, it's not outrageous, but he just does this thing where, like, you know, he's got this arm and he kind of hangs it out front. And then he kind of like, Almost like puts his hand like right in front of your face. You know what I'm talking about? Did it, has he done that mm-hmm. to you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that that it's just it's a part of you know it's a part of uh, 
the lure, right? It's it's almost like um, you know, like those fish at the bottom of the sea that have that little light that comes off, right? It's like, oh, like what is that? Then boom, just catches you, right? Because if he puts his right hand out and he, and then you're like, uh, I think I can grab that. You grab it, drag, single, lace, done. <laughs> So, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's his stuff. That's, that's what he's really good at. So you just kind of ignore it. Um, Don't grab it. I I will. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will have to figure out what I want to do with it, but I'm not, I'm not super threatened by it. No, not at all. Sure. Uh, You know, this is, this is more like a UFC fright. You have three weeks, one guy, one style, one person, two or three matches. Uh, you know, like you said before the finals of this last match, like I didn't really see a lot of Dayton fix and you know, I haven't watched him wrestle a lot because there's how many, there's a bunch of guys in the field and you don't know who you're going to see. This case you do, are you, and I guess maybe it's different because you, you know Vito so well, but still you, you haven't trained with him for a couple of years. Um, is there an element of, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is how do you go about preparing for this? Is there film that you're watching and or your coaches are watching and you're coming up with a game plan specifically and talking about possible scenarios and situations um i mean no not really i've never been one of those types of people um i feel like i have such uh dynamic skills Mm -hmm. um that um and this isn't to take away from anybody else but i think that um I have such dynamic skills and so uh, so many different skill sets that most people are, they're the ones that have to watch film on me. And they're like, how are we going to beat this guy? Because he, I could come from different angles. Um, Vito is very good at um, a couple things. Very, very good. And you only have to be very good at a couple things. Um, and um, I don't know, unless he like develops some, some other kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't see that one coming. But um, for the most part, uh, he's extremely good at a, at a couple things. Um, as an extremely, extremely good lace, um, a very good drag single, and he's got an open shot too, a little open shot too. But um, but for the most part, um, it's not it's not something I'm I'm not training for veto. Um, I'm preparing for a world title. Um, I'm preparing to to um, be the world champ. I am the world champ. That's what I believe. That's what I accept um, as of now. And so, um, so as far as all that stuff goes, um, you know, it's just another stepping stone uh, for me, building block towards the ultimate goal. It's a sowing season. Right now, we're not we're not getting the fruit. Now, the fruit comes in the heart in the in the fall for the harvest. I think you said that before the world team trials, you were writing down what's going to happen. Right. And and it happened. Have you, or will you be writing down what's going to happen at final X? Absolutely. You have, or you like, do you write like the day of the day before a week? I'm just curious. Yeah. All of it. I'll do every day. The journal. Every day. Yep. Every day I write it. And I, I, the, the, the important part about this writing, writing it down um, and I guess the secret to it is uh, is detachment from the outcome. So there are certain things that my ego, my lower mind wants and desires and wishes and wills to happen and wills to be. Um, 
But the thing is, is that if I am attached to the outcome, um, I will find myself suffering um, if I if I am not detached from it. So when I write these things down, um, I write it down with a willingness and say, oh, this is this will be great. This is uh, to calm the monkey mind, the I, me and my. But um, but but whatever happens is is going to be in alignment with my purpose and my path. So I'm thankful for whatever will happen. But um, but when I write it down, I, I anticipate that because I'm in alignment, that it that it will happen the way that I that I, that I write it. Is it like I mean I remember Kyle Dake saying he used to write every day I will be a four-time national champ or whatever it was the same thing over and over and over. Are you writing the same thing or is it more like you're journaling like the thoughts of you at that time? <clears throat> I um I will journal like how I'm feeling uh how, generally how I'm feeling. I will write down what I want, what I desire. I want this. I want this. I want this. And so. And I and I do it with specificity. Um, I do it with specificity, and then I offer it um, to Source, God, Universe, whatever. Um, I I offer it as uh, here you go, there you go. Now you're in the air, and then whatever presents to me, I'll I will I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'll man. take whatever present however, however it presents itself. I'll take it. Yeah. Are you like a visualization? Like you don't watch film, you don't really prepare, so maybe not, maybe, right? But like visual visualization, if I say that right? Uh, is that something you do, whether it's specific and granular, like defending a drag single, or if it's like more general where you picture yourself on the mat in the atmosphere? Yeah, so um, I, I definitely do visualize. Um, I think visualization is, a, a, visualization is the, the third component um, the, the third, I'm going to use a big word here, dimension oh. of creation, <laughs> right? Because, uh, people, we have to realize that, that we are energetic beings and that, um, that we help to create the reality that we see and that we perceive. Most people don't want to admit to that because if their lives suck, they don't want to blame themselves and they don't know how to take responsibility for their lives sucking. And so <laughs> that's that's really the issue, but it doesn't deter or stop the fact um, that we are energetic beings and we help to co-create our reality. And so um, everything that we need to um, create the life or whatever that we want, desire, it already exists within us. We just have to get in alignment with it. Um, we gotta be the, they say, the energetic uh, vibrational match to whatever it is that we desire. And so when we, you know, cause everything is energy, everything is, is, is frequency. Matter is energy. Everything's made of, of energy and all these things that matter are vibrating at a different frequency. And so, uh, you know, so whatever I want, if I'm vibrating at that frequency, then we're an energetic match and w then we can have it. <laughs> I hadn't heard the, the vibrating frequency thing before. I like that. Yes. Yes. You go, you go kind of you kind of go you deep and like kind of mysterious <laughs> at times, Nashawn. Have you been called that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, so my my friends here, they, you know, they they always say. I was telling them, give me a card of normal things to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so that way I can have normal stuff to say. But um, you know, the reality is is that uh the reality is that there is a lot of of information that can change our perception of in our in our world. Um and like I said in the beginning, there's so many things that we believe about ourselves, about others, and about the world that is not consistent with the ultimate truth and the ultimate nature of reality. Um, and so because of that, people are living lives that are so much less than what they could be living. Um, we are extremely powerful beings um, living in this amazing and beautiful uh, world and in creation, but we are limited in our minds and in our thoughts because of ideas that have been accepted uh, by uh, TV, movies, um, and uh, culture and dogma. And um, it's not that those things are wrong necessarily, but I would say that if we could learn how to challenge those beliefs and con and be conscious and aware. Um, of ourselves and who we are, then um, yeah, then we won't be controlled by uh, those beliefs. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. Well, uh, I'll tell you what I'm what I'm excited for is June 10th, uh, final lecture you're taking on video. What I'm hoping is for your sake that you are able to match the vibe, find the right vibration to match the frequency <laughs> to to do what you want to do. Are you prepared to do yes. that? <laughs> oh, oh yes, it's uh. It already is. It already exists. We're awesome. we're just waiting for it to to, to happen. Awesome, cool, Deshaun, <laughs> Um, really appreciate you coming on. It's always a joy talking with you. I do want to give you the final word to say anything you might want to say before we let you move on with the day. Yeah, I want to uh, just give a, a shout out to to the Bader Show. Thank you so much for having me on uh, the Full Wrestling. Thank you guys. You guys do an amazing job with uh, with media and coverage. Uh, I want to give a a, a great thanks to. Um, the coaching staff at, at Lehigh, uh, particularly Kerry McCoy, has been, an, again, amazing leadership, um, amazing uh, personality. Just, just He's been really, really good for me, very, very good for me, um, for my training partners at Lehigh. And, um, yeah, just uh, my wife, who's been uh, my rock and my source of, uh, of love, uh, unconditional. And so... Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing Beto. I, I love Beto a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him and uh, being able to give him a, a good match. And uh, pretty much that's it. Awesome, man. Well, June 10th, Newark, New Jersey, Final X. You can watch it live here on Flow. Well, you can't. You'll be there. But anybody else can. Sean, <laughs> thanks for joining us, man. Have a great day. I do appreciate it. Much love. Likewise. All right, folks, that will do it. The always entertaining Nishan Garrett. Like we said, June 10th, he's wrestling Vito Ruja, best two or three at Final X to be on the United States world team. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.